0: In this episode of Graced Health, we're going to be talking about four ways your body burns calories through movement. I grew up dancing. I've always had a love of movement. It wasn't until I was about in middle school when I really started doing some sort of formal exercise. I remember being upstairs in my game room, putting in a VCR of, I don't know who it was, maybe Jane Fonda or Denise Austin or some other person who actually knew a lot, but it was all kind of cheesy. And I would get about halfway through the workout. I would press pause on that VCR and I would go weigh myself just to see if I had lost any weight since I began. Now that's easy to laugh at now, but back then I just really didn't know any better. Fast forward 30 years and we have data at the tips of our fingers pretty much at all times. We have watches that tell us how many calories we've burned or apps that do the same thing. We have watches and apps that tell us how far we've walked or how far we've run and how many steps we've taken and how many, uh, how much incline we've had. I mean, there is all kinds of information. I think whether or not we are talking about right now or 30 years ago when I was doing those Jane Fonda videos, we want results and we want them right now. But that's not exactly how caloric expenditure works. It's not always about the calories that you see on your watch, translating to how many calories your body is burning. That's what I wanna talk about today. Today, I wanna discuss four ways your body burns calories. Now, this is not all encompassing because our body does have other ways it has energy expenditure, particularly in your food and eating, but we're not gonna talk about those today. But in providing you these four ways, I hope you have a broader perspective of how your body operates so you can find your own balanced health based on your goals and what you enjoy doing. So let's dig in. The first energy expenditure through movement that you have is endurance. This is also called steady state cardio. I'll use these interchangeably. Now, what does this mean? Examples of steady state cardio or endurance cardio are things like going on a long walk or a long run. Maybe you like to go out and run for 60 minutes or run six miles, or 16, or 26. I mean, I don't know why you'd want to do 26, but whatever, hey, you do you. Or maybe you love to go for a long swim. Any of these exercises in which you get on and you stay at a constant state for a long period of time are considered steady state cardio. Now, the energy sources used for these is the oxidative system. I know that probably doesn't mean a whole lot to you. This is also called the aerobic system. Now, why this is important is the main source of fuel for your oxidative system is fat. So that's why this is good for prolonged periods of time, because most of us have enough fat to fuel us for a long period of time. That's one of the purposes of fat. This is also what people generally are referring to when they say, oh, gosh, I need to get more cardio. And this is what they're talking about. Like, I need to go out, I need to breathe hard, and I need to do it for a long period of time. Now this type of energy expenditure really is like a one-to-one. So when you are looking at your watch and you go out for a four-mile walk and it says that you have burned 342 calories, that's pretty much how many calories you've burned assuming all of the data is right. Keep in mind there's always a little bit of a variation with those things, so don't hold it true. In general, though, what you burn during that movement Is what you get. It's kind of like that old term, WYSIWYG, what you see is what you get. That's pretty much how it is. The good news for women is we actually oxidize more fat and less carbohydrate at various levels of, it's called submaximal endurance exercise. Basically, at endurance exercise, something that you do for a long time, for a long time where it's not at your maximum effort. So, this is if you are a woman, this is good news for you. Okay, so that was the first one, endurance. The second type of movement I wanna talk about today is strength and resistance training. I use these words interchangeably. Examples of this are lifting any kind of weight, whether it be dumbbells or barbells. We've been using sandbells in my classes, which I love. It doesn't really matter what those are for purposes of this, but any kind of weight. And this also includes, by the way, your own body weight. Look, I'm 149 pounds. When I'm squatting, I'm taking a lot of weight down and I'm pushing a lot of weight up. On a basic level, resistance training stresses the muscles that you're focusing on. It creates small amounts of damage or I call them micro tears, and then it signals the body to repair that. So let's take your bicep curls or your biceps as an example. So if we're doing bicep curls, we're standing with our elbows at our side, we probably have some dumbbells in our hands and our palms are facing up. When we raise our hands up to our shoulders from down by our hips, we are flexing the bicep muscles. Say we do 10 reps where the last one or two are getting pretty tough and they're hard to get up. And then we take a break, maybe we do something else and we come back a couple minutes later and we do that again. And then we repeat that again. So we do like a total of three sets. The next day, you're likely to feel some soreness when you straighten your arm because you've created little micro tears in that bicep muscle. Your body says, oh, I need to fix this. We've got some, we've got some tearage going on. So I need to fix this. And so it initiates something called muscle protein synthesis, which is basically your body repairing itself. And in that it builds muscle mass. As you build more muscle mass, this gradually increases your resting metabolic rate, which is the rate at which you burn energy or calories. I use those words interchangeably too. Not only are you burning calories while you're doing your exercise, but as your body repairs itself and as you gain more muscle, then you're going to be burning more calories during that resting metabolic rate. Someone with a higher RMR, resting metabolic rate, will burn more calories sleeping than someone with a lower RMR. This is one reason it's important to strength train if one of your health goals is to lose weight. I'm going to give you some statistics on this at the end, so stick with me. The third component of movement that I want to talk about is NEAT, N-E-A-T. What does this mean? It stands for non exercise activity thermogenesis, N-E-A-T, non-exercise activity thermogenesis. You don't need to remember that. What you need to remember is this is basically any kind of movement that's not formal exercise. Things like you're vacuuming, or you're walking around making dinner, or you're pacing up and down at your child's sports game, or you're running upstairs to tell a kid something. Increasing your NEAT does three things. One is it encourages your body to move more often as we were intended. This is kind of the old adage, an object in motion stays in motion. Actually, I guess that's not an adage. That's physics. That's like real. But an object in motion stays in motion. When you are moving, you're going to continue to move. It increases your basal metabolic rate, which is the amount of energy the body uses to support itself. If you're moving around, that basal metabolic rate is going to be moving up as well. And then it also reduces mortality rate, which I'm not really sure why I waited until the third point to give this because that's kind of the point of taking care of ourselves. Anyway, it does reduce your mortality rate just moving around. I want to give you the results of a few interesting studies. And I'm going to be giving a lot of research and statistics here. Don't worry, I didn't make this up. I will put all of the links down in the show notes. One study took 20 lean non-exercisers and they, so they don't exercise, but they're lean. They actually realized that they burned an additional 350 calories a day above their obese counterparts by just standing and walking and fidgeting significantly more. Another study showed that increasing your NEAT can help individuals resist weight gain after weight loss. So if you've lost a lot of weight recently, one of the best ways you can keep it off is just keep moving. I'm not saying keep exercising, I mean keep exercising, but that's not what we're talking about. We're just talking about general movement. There was a pretty large study with over 152,000 participants over 7 years that concluded that 1 to 2 hours of NEAT per day can reduce the mortality in women. Of by 50 to 60%. Wow, I mean, 50 to 60%. That's crazy. Other studies have shown that moving three minutes for every 30 minutes of sitting lowers your mortality and combats the negative effects of sustained sitting. Just by getting up every 30 minutes, moving around for th- three minutes, that will reduce the negative effects of sitting. We've all heard sitting is the new smoking. They're not kidding about that. It also helps the body maintain its ability to burn fat. So it will help convert your fat to energy when you're moving around. Small movement changes in your daily life may contribute to positive changes in your overall health and weight management goals. Yay! The bottom line, find a way to authentically and naturally move throughout your day. Now, I want to be clear here. I'm not suggesting that you go from your bathroom sink to the kitchen in the morning by way of walking lunges. This is not natural and authentic. We don't need to turn this into an obsessive process. This is something, if you listen to my story, that I've had to work really hard to move away from. But we can integrate little ways of our neat throughout the day. I know for one thing, for me, Is rather than texting my kids, dinner's ready in 10 minutes, I can just go upstairs and tell them this novel idea. Yeah, by the way, um, all of the I never will text my children when they're in my house blown out the window. We just need to intentionally give our body what it needs, which is movement and care. The fourth and final movement I want to talk about today as a way that your body can burn calories is. HIT. You may have heard of it. You may have seen it. It's H-I-I-T standing for High Interval Intensity Training. Or maybe it's High Intensity Interval Training. That's what it is. It stands for High Intensity Interval Training. You would think I would know this stuff. This is basically working really, really hard for a period of time and then taking a break and then working really, really hard for a period of time. And I'm talking about short periods of time. I'm going to do a whole nother episode on HIT, which is going to be my next one. So make sure you tune into that and I'll get a little bit more detailed on it. But here's an example of a HIT. You go outside, you warm up, make sure you warm up, and then you run for 20 seconds as hard as you can, and you stop for 10. And then you run for 20 seconds. And then you stop for ten, and you do a total of eight rounds of that. That was actually the original HIT training. Again, I'll I'll give you more information about that in the next episode. But this is it's working really really hard for short short amounts of time. One reason you've heard about HIT training a lot possibly is because it can really have a big metabolic effect, meaning it can help us burn more calories. So here's a little bit of the science behind that. It increases the post-exercise energy expenditure that's called in the science world excess post-exercise oxygen consumption, E-P-O-C, EPOC. So when you hear about EPOC, that's what it refers to, excess post-exercise oxygen consumption. And what this means is when you exercise, your cells go through all kinds of things that I won't go into right now, but basically They just get beat up. So trust me, your cells are just kind of beat up. So following an exercise session, oxygen consumption remains elevated as the working muscle cells restore the physiological and metabolic factors in the cell to pre-exercise levels. Basically, it's just working to put itself back together. This translates into higher and longer post-exercise caloric expenditure. The harder you work, the more beat up your cells are and the longer it takes to restore those cells back to normal. Now, why do you care if your oxygen consumption is elevated? Because it affects energy expenditure, which is also something that we call calories. Personally, I love HIIT training. I love the feeling of just blowing it all out and then resting for a break and putting my hands on my knees, and then doing it again. Interestingly, when I had my teen class this summer, they seemed to really like that as well. I think that there's something mental that goes along with that too, of like, I can work hard, and then I do get a break. I've been doing HIIT for a while, and I had to take a break from it this summer because I got sick. And so I'm really getting back into it now. And I am digging it. I mean, I'm just I'm really having a lot of fun with it. I can also tell the difference in my hunger levels on the days that I do 20 or 30 minutes of hit training, I really don't do any more than that. So I have to intentionally make sure that I'm fueling correctly according to my goals. Now I promised some statistics when I was talking about strength training. And so I want to give those to you now because it kind of pulls a lot of these elements in Together. I'm going to keep it on a pretty high level. And if you want to dig into this more, I'll provide the research article in the show notes. So they did this study and they studied people doing 45 minutes of resistance training. They measured how many calories they burned during this resistance training. Then they had them do steady state cardio for the length of time it took them to burn the same amount of calories that they did during resistance training. And now I'm just making these numbers up. So if they burn 350 calories resistance training, then they had them do steady state or endurance cardio until they reached 350 calories. Then they did the same type of thing with interval training with HIT. So they had them go working really hard and then taking a break again until they reached that same amount of calories as they originally did with the resistance training. So in this example, we're using, it's 350 calories. After they pulled all the data together, as researchers do, they evaluated the epoch of resistance training and hit. They knew that the endurance didn't have any both the HIT and resistance training had higher EPOC. And in fact, there was no difference, which was kind of a surprise to me as I read this study. After 12 hours, resistance training and EPOC was 15% above the baseline level. And after 21 hours, it was 12% above the baseline level. Researchers calculated that the participants burned approximately an additional 300 calories from the resistance resistance training and hit training. And remember, I'm not saying that any of the endurance cardio didn't have any cal- caloric expenditure. Of course it did. It just does and again, it's that one to one. I also want to be very clear. I am not discouraging steady state cardio. I am a runner who isn't able to run right now, but I really love the feeling of that. I go on walks twice a week with friends. So I participate in this. I love it. I think it's great for my mental health, for my mental clarity. And I encourage you to keep doing it if that's something that you love. Depending on what your health goals are, these are, this is just information that I want to give to you so you can incorporate that in. Okay, so let's recap. Let's think of energy expenditure as a pyramid. This now full disclosure, this is my theory, I've made this up. So you're not going to find this out in studies. And I don't know that it's scientifically backed. But this is just my theory. If you take a pyramid, at the bottom of the pyramid, where we do the most, what we want to do the most of is your neat, your basically non exercise movement, that can affect your energy expenditure around 15%. So the more you move around, the more you burn. The next layer up, I would put strength training in because that raises your basal metabolic rate. It will help you burn calories while you're sleeping because you have more muscle. Above that is gonna be your endurance and your steady state cardio. The reason I have your steady state cardio above the strength training, and therefore not doing as much is because you don't get as much bang for your buck in terms of caloric expenditure. Remember, that's the focus of this discussion. It's not about what you love or how it makes you feel. And then at the very top of the pyramid is our HIIT. Now, like I said, I'm going to do a full podcast on HIIT. But the one thing I want you to be aware of is You can have too much of a good thing. It's just like with these football games that I talked about earlier. They're only once a week because it's really hard on the player's body. They need time to recover and your body needs time to recover from a HIIT workout. Okay, there you go. I hope this has been valuable and it helps you make decisions about your own workouts so you can find your own balanced health. In the next episode, we'll delve into HIT a little more, and I will also share a free HIT workout that you can do in your home, and I'll have the link in the show notes. Hey, if you haven't, would you please go rate and give an honest review on iTunes about this podcast? This is a new podcast, and doing so will really help other people find it. I invite you to share this with a friend whom you think this will serve, or they might find it interesting. That's all for today. Make sure you come back next week when we'll talk about HIT a little more in depth. Until then, go out there and have a great day.